You're listening to Latour's favorite radio station, 66.6, The Lore. Now recording. Now recording. (laughs) Oh boy. Okay, let's get let's get rolling here. Um Oh, I've already forgotten what you said is the intro. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Latour Radio, Lore Dump. This is Lore Dump. I... That's close enough. There you go. Oh, well, Quentin will take that again. <laughs> Welcome back to Latour Radio. This is Lore Dump. As you can already tell, things are a little different this time around. This is me, Kirsten. And I am hosting tonight's episode as we have our special guest, Devin, with us today. Yay! Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Um, I know this is a question for you that you ask all the time. And I know Uh. the last episode was mine and yours in interviews anyways. Uh, But how's the kids? How's the wife? (laughs) You know? Uh, No kids, no (laughs) wife. Going on dates, though. We're working on it. We're working on it. Well, we can get right on into this little conversation. I sent you a bit of stuff. I think what we'll do is we'll start off with how did Talon and Sersha meet? So I know we sort of loosely touched base on it in season one. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that we didn't touch base on with Talon before he um, so bravely went against the White Death or whatever the dragon's <laughs> name was. But, uh, yeah, why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown of how you think those two met and a little bit, maybe a bit more on Talon. So, uh, specifically how they would have met is Talon was, like, the apprentice to their guild leader. So she was basically basically just like, hey, this person joined. You're going to teach them how to be one of us and he went great (laughs) awesome responsibility love it love that so shersha's actually his third apprentice the his first two he got at the same time and they were like they were out hunting uh, like a poacher or something like that. I can't remember if he was a poacher or a slaver, but it was one of those two. And uh, a bad person, a bad person. And they got like they got ambushed, and it went pretty poorly. Uh, and that's why Talon was able to see Luna is because his apprentice he held his first apprentice as she died, and then like carried her back to uh, be given their funeral rites, whatever it is mm-hmm. they do. Brutal. D- does the, I don't know if this is a conversation you had with Quentin, does, do the uh, Sanguis Quasitors have like a home base or do they have multiple and you were just a branch there or? So to, to my understanding, there's several guild halls of like San, the Quasitors. Mm-hmm. And we were just like a specific type and like our specific type were like almost all of us were uh, like the shifter race, essentially. Mm. And then she came along as her dragon blood self and they were like, yeah, you can make this work. And he went, but but she doesn't do anything like I do things. <laughs> <laughs> Her whole existence is entirely different. Hmm. So, but he was kind of like a prodigy anyway. So, he, yeah, it, it sounded like he in had theory, a... it should have went well. <laughs> well, I mean, he he was. Uh, I I think he was a really great uh, leader and example, right? He um, was very proficient and proficient and efficient in his skills that he provided with the um, Red Willow Guild, and it showed that he was capable, right? So, yeah. But it sounds like he was a bit of a legacy with at least your branch of the... Uh, yeah, at least with his, like, his guild hall, he was, like, uh, basically 
the first time they had like a super proficient and like game changing we'll say member was what he what he referred to in the in his first episode of on the first episode on the road that he was in when he mentioned like the unseen one mm-hmm. uh that was his teacher who is like uh like she's just otherworldly in her skill essentially mm-hmm. and then at like a young age he was recognized for his unexpected skill because his dad is like his dad's a part of the guild and his dad was just kind of like a regular he wasn't mm-hmm. like anything super crazy or anything but like a grunt worker kind of idea yeah yeah and that and he like he would bring talon or nairn which is his actual name mm-hmm. to to the to the guild hall with him and like he would train him as if he was going to be a part of the guild when he was like a tiny child we and he just got good at it and really good at it because he was so practiced and then for them specifically when you're like if you get recognized it's like a big deal if someone chooses you to be your, their apprentice so like even if it was anyone in the guild if someone who is in your family like chose you to be their apprentice that meant like holy shit you're a big deal mm-hmm. and then specifically his guild leader was like i'm gonna teach your kid how to do this because this is gonna be valuable to me mm-hmm. and not something that came up but another like little tidbit about them is they used to they they like operate in packs essentially and uh their name so like he called he was called talent to you guys is actually like a title okay or a role in the pack so like in a pack there was like wolf bear talon and something else i can't remember what i wrote wow all this stuff we didn't even get to explore yeah Mm. So she was training Shorsha to be a talent in another party for herself. Mm. Okay, interesting. To to kind of segue off of that, what is your approach in creating and developing character backstories and like your general character creation process? Do you find like figures in tv shows films or books that you try to air quote quote unquote replicate or do you like trying to find something completely new a little bit of both i would say so it depends on the level of character we're playing so if so with talent specifically i couldn't really think of any ideas other than i was like i want to play like a witcher type character and then i rolled very good stats and i was like i'm gonna make my spin on geralt i'm gonna make a little because he's he was like a prodigy of the witchers and whatnot and i was like i'll make i rolled good stats these i may as well like kind of lean into that and in making the backstory like i'll justify feet trait like choices by making them part of the backstory so like let me let me like pull down real quick because there's specific traits or feats that I've chose and wrote into his backstory to make sense. Um, so, for instance, like how how uh, the whole like lion blood thing is because his guild was getting like rampaged by their what they were charged to deal with and then they started like drinking the blood of their like the stuff they were supposed to be killing and catching and they got better and they changed into shifters and whatnot uh yeah so one of his choices was like alert which i was like oh well 
he's part a lot like he has the blood of a lion in him so they're a little they can they hear well blah blah, blah. stuff like that so i tried to like write it in so that it's not just like um i thought it would be cool but which mm-hmm. is exactly like, why you pick them but it yeah. sounds better if you write it in the story but it, yeah if it makes sense to your character then there's a little bit more yeah. um validity to it right yeah and uh, so i'll write the backstory after i've figured out the character like i work back from the maid character into okay how did he get here how did they get here Mm-hmm. so yeah and cool. yeah sometimes i'll be like oh it's gonna base it off this character i'll base looks mostly off characters i know already so that they're easy to like picture for other people mm-hmm. not we didn't really get into what ether looks like so i'll save that for later but i would use yeah. like a reference of a character people would know to to get that image give them that f- yeah exactly yeah um the the um the the uh k- 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 wow Sanguis case pick up again yeah the <laughs> the case doors um you're mentioning that they would like drink uh vials of their prey's like their quarry's blood and and that's and that's how the shifters kind of yeah, came is that something just, that you and quentin talked about because i no, wouldn't have I even just, thought of that <laughs> i just wrote it in for this specific guild hall because he was basically he gave me um what's the word F- like free reign on how my guild hall would be ran and how mm-hmm. it would, would look there mm-hmm. and the only thing he really said about that was like just remember this is only you guys that do this it's not like everyone does that hmm. it's just your like our essentially our ancestors were like oh man we're getting fucked up here how can we fix this yeah. how can we get better we gotta just start trying shit and this that is was your one of the things that worked yeah yeah that is actually a really cool idea on how to make shifters in the world right because our um in Latour, the the werewolves the were creatures are ferals right and it's a yeah. little it's not your t- uh, atypical vampire werewolf kind of clashes right it's not yeah something that you know only happens on full moons but it's a bloodline it's like there's some similarities to it for sure but it's cool that there's like your shifter is a little bit different than just our ferals right yeah. it's and i think cool. it's kind of i don't know if it like can't canonic canonically is but it it felt like we were kind of like the only like uh grouping of shifters as well like there wasn't you wouldn't find shifters out in the world but you would find them there type of thing Mm -hmm. and people like the people of latour will know of ferals but may not necessarily know of the shifters right that's that is it's a cool little like pocket where you guys could keep it a secret how kind of similar how the witchers like this is how we gain our power kind of thing. Yeah. Not, not common knowledge. People know that there's trials to it, but not understanding the full weight of what it is. Right. Exactly. So that's, that was kind of the idea we that like, again, it was kind of like another, uh, another take on what it means to like be a witcher. Cause they take those like potions and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. like they experiment with magic on these kids and whatnot but they like uh talon doesn't actively ingest uh like the blood of his enemies it's just it was passed down after Mm -hmm. and they got so i think that like the first people the people who like started it were probably like real fucked up by it and it like slowly let like bred out because they would like Mm -hmm. you anyone can join the guild but once you join the guild, you're like, your family's like now, uh, as far as the guild's concerned, like their responsibility to keep safe at all times. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. they send you out on missions so who's going to keep them safe we have to yeah do you have a favorite like character trope that you like to play uh i'm a i'm a sucker for dead parents which sounds pretty (laughs) fucked up but (laughs) tragedy why else would adventurers and heroes go out and do things right i'm not gonna I, i just can't justify playing a dude with his happy family and his loving wife and being mm-hmm. like i'm gonna go fight monsters that might end me in 30 seconds mm-hmm. that just doesn't make sense to me no and i think yeah i think that's why a lot of people who play like tabletop games are drawn to like the more tragic backstories right because yeah why else would you leave your happy village yeah, like, right you could argue like because they're altruistic or whatever but like nobody's that altruistic Mm -hmm. or even like having a sense of like wonderlust right like wanting to go and explore the world but there's a difference in exploring the world and being a hero (laughs) yeah exactly like i could if i was playing a character that was like accidentally got into adventuring because he was like just going for exploration and got like caught by bandits or something sure right place right time wrong place wrong time maybe depends how you look at it (laughs) exactly but like i couldn't justify in my mind just like some super well-loved child who's like got everything he could possibly want and then Mm -hmm. it's like i'm gonna fight dragons (laughs) i want to be a hero father yeah, I just, like I get like maybe if you were a noble and that's kind of like your role was to be a soldier, sure. Mm-hmm. But like a regular ass dude, just don't see it. Just... So yeah, I'm a sucker for the tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. Used to be like a vengeance guy, but most of, most of my characters don't give a shit about vengeance anymore. <laughs> it's a lot of baggage. <laughs> Yeah, it's so much stuff to use against you as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, for example, if you're like a warlock or whatever and you're talking about vengeance all the time, you're going to have a very spiteful patron that's like, let's kill people, bro. I don't I don't want to be friends with these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't with like the tragic life wants the world to be better for other people type of thing leave it better than how you entered kind of thing right yeah exactly what are you um most like anticipating for season two whether it's uh, we briefly encountered and interacted with ether in our in our uh, day of darkest night episode so i know that we don't want to spoil him too much but so it doesn't have to be specific to your character or if there's any like just general story arcs that you're interested or hoping that we get to explore i am actually so as most shadow scorn ether was like a taken by slavers so i'm interested to see how that overlaps with uh like what Faye knows with her life and her backstory like and see if just, it's the same slaver group yeah, maybe because that'd be super funny but he wouldn't he wouldn't know he was like an infant though so. yeah they're like he doesn't like slavers but he would never be like oh i want to take out this specific slaver he just wouldn't know he's just like mm-hmm. not well versed in that sense uh and interested to like see what the party tries to do with him because he's young and I wonder how much of them is going to be like on on like top behavior and trying to be good role models and who's just going to yeah, be like he's fuck it. 17, right? 17, 18? Yeah. He's just and a he's, wee boy. <laughs> he doesn't have like any life experience. He was kept in like a cage and then made to fight and that's it. That's all he knows is how to kill people. Huh. Do you, are you comfortable in sharing like where he came from? Um, so I've never actually, uh, Quinn and I never set where on like the map it is, but he is from a clan, like he was owned by a man named, with the last name Igarashi. Yeah. 
and don't know that name. <laughs> the, yeah, I'm I made it up. Uh, okay, it's like if it's the so, character that I missed, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. He, so he uh, he collected Shadow Scorn and other stuff, and would enter them into like gladiatorial things and the gladiator the gladiator side of things was legal mm-hmm. because it's he was there those people are under the ruse that ether is uh joining uh as like exactly yeah but he's not so although and that's why i said like he if depending where what kind of stuff you're you follow he'd be famous because as he does have a following that is why he disguises himself all the time and he learned really young that people take shadow scorn and don't like them and so he makes himself not look like one fair i can't wait to like get into his character a little bit more like he seems like a he seems like a fun guy even though he (laughs) like got a little serious in the snowball fight (laughs) he's he's got He's got. He's very charismatic, mm-hmm. at, but he doesn't know how to interact with children. Like the mm-hmm. only people he's interacted with is one girl that was the dude's daughter that would like bring him food, and then adult men he would murder. Yeah, but that's so, it. That's all he knew. Very narrow window. <laughs> yeah, and then. He like ran into a wolf puppy that followed him around, and he went, "I guess this is mine now." <laughs> and I I know some stuff about that one that's like secret, and that maybe will come up. And like after the season's over, if it doesn't come up, I'm sure we can have another like post season two interview type of thing that we could talk yeah. about stuff like that. But I'm I'm hoping it comes. Up, so we'll see. Quentin's really good at um bringing in aspects from everyone's story yeah. he he's really good at making sure every like if it's all incorporated to like and well right it's not like it's yeah. just thrown into the story at random times just because he oh shit this is an arc that i need to flesh out right it's like it always feels structured and intentional mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you have um I, I maybe I'm being when you assume you make an asset of you and me. Have you have you read the books? <laughs> I've read the so I didn't even read it. I listened to the first book. I have the second book and I want to read it before we start season two so that mm-hmm. I understand Shadow Scorn a bit better. And then, although in my defense, Ether wouldn't understand Shadow Scorn other than like what comes naturally to them. Mm hmm. So, but I think another fun thing I think to explore is that it's the people like, no, I don't know how to, I don't know how to share that part without giving away too much. I don't think, but he's like, he's, he's, he is a warlock and he's, they're not like the, your usual patrons. It's, it's a interesting power that he ended up okay. learning about as a bait, as a youngster. Right. Uh, my follow-up question to that, I guess, um, just for if you've read slash listened to the book, uh, do you have a favorite aspect of Lotor, or um, whether it's ge- geography or creatures or anything like that? Geographically, I think the idea of like the, I think it's like Moon Mountain or something like that. Yeah. I I I like that. I think it's that sounds it's really interesting. From. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I like that. I mean, I don't know what it looked like before I got to fuck with it, but I like the idea of the like southern ice sea being like giant, what like ice floats that have been turned on their sides and like mm-hmm. slammed together. I like that idea. Because it's kind of like a dramatization of how like mountains are formed, and I think that's fun. Like they're tiny tectonic plates, essentially, instead of mm-hmm. being an actual one. And then also like the um, 
the aftermath of season one, right? Yeah. Because in our uh, holiday special, we left it like it was after the quake of Harazun, but we didn't really touch yeah, on left, the like, actual ma- aftermath for Red Willow, right? Yeah, like we left that kind of like to be seen for later. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited. Super in- <laughs> anxious to 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 witness our downfall. Yeah. <laughs> What's interesting is that uh, so for the first month or two that you guys are here, Ether won't be here. Yeah, because he only was able to get away because of the quake of hairs. Yeah? And I know we like a- as a group, we've sort of chatted about when we would pick up in season two, but I don't. Yeah. I don't really think we've still figured out how soon after the quake we're there, right? If we if episode yeah. one we pop back in from teleportation, or if we you know, got there. We've had some time to recollect and assist, right? Yeah. From like the conversations I've had with Quinn, it's more, it sounds more likely that we're like at least like a month in just so that we we might like, maybe we'll in that episode, we'll do like a, this is what happens when you first got there. And then right. Do a bit of a, when I come in, when I come in, it'll be a month later at the earliest. So, so that makes sense. Then we can, we can hash out quickly what would have happened and then exactly go from there. Cause I know, I know we, Faye was in the holiday special. I'm, I'm still debating (laughs) if Faye was even going to be in season two. Right. Because she doesn't want to put her, her fam- her friends and family at risk, right? But I'm not quite willing to let go of Faye quite yet either. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I I mean you got time to figure that out, but also yeah. probably want to make that choice sooner than later. I know. Gwen and I also need to talk about what Faye is also capable of now. So <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. And what like, her relationship with her. Yeah. Relationship with the caretaker is like now. Yeah, that's uh, like I think that's probably something that like I think that's going to be the biggest playing point where yeah. if if she's in the doghouse then I don't think she's going to be sticking around kind of thing, but that makes sense. We will see. No spoilers, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we can't spoil what we don't know. <laughs> what we don't know, that is very true. Very very true. We can only speculate. When you were a listener, uh, I know yeah. you had mentioned that your your brother really uh, enjoyed the characters Ember and Corpse Paint. What was um who was your favorite character NPC or PC related when you were a listener, and did that change at all when you became a player? So, huh? My favorite character, before, like NPC wise, before I joined was Garrick because I fucking loved Quinn's voice. It was just so funny. <laughs> it was I just couldn't. That's fair. Like I was like, this is top tier comedy. <laughs> um, member of the party wise, it was a toss up between Nordum and Faye, because Faye did Faye and Nordum felt atypical to their classes, I would say. And then I didn't. It took me too long to really like. Sorry, Chris, but I didn't like Amber Waves. I thought his character. <laughs> I, burn you know maybe it's a good thing he didn't annoying. join us tonight <laughs> <laughs> like i think he played he fat, sat in his role in the party really really well and i think he the character was done really well i just didn't like the character that's more of a difference in like what i find interesting and fun that's not that fair. i don't think ember was interesting i don't think he was fun yeah he's he was very i don't even know what it was but he just felt so disjointed maybe from the rest of the party Mm. but 
I also didn't like Valorous at first, so. Well, yeah, Valorous is very prickly. <laughs> yeah, when you I, when you first meet him. Like so, I was like Ember could be good, and I was like I don't know how they're gonna make Valorous not suck. <laughs> and later on, two of my favorite characters, at like episode like uh, eleven or twelve, I was like. All right, Ember's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I, I guess I get this guy now. I guess I like yeah. him. And then he fucking died. And I was like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the shit, man? I finally like this character and you fucking killed him. <laughs> man. Um, oh, well. Yeah, that happens, right? Unfortunately, you, you get attached to a character and then they die. Yep. I am... Um, I still sometimes struggle with Valorous with his um bullshitty no this is business like yeah. yes I know you you should never mix like personal and business life together I totally understand that but there's sometimes where Valorous is just too business and I'm like oh come on like yes this but, this amulet that you weren't in control of, you weren't willingly kidnapping people to this void, and now you're upset that we're using it to try to escape. I get that, but you still want to cash in this check? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Like, let's just forget about it. <laughs> let's yeah, just forget I, about not exactly. going to Raven's Crest again. You know, like... Eh. <laughs> that's, that's exactly why I didn't like him. I was like, wow, this fucking... He's such a prick, <laughs> and he's he's not. And in Kyle's credit, he plays the character so well, and that's yeah. why you don't like him. Of yeah. like things he does is because he plays him so well. Yeah, and we love you, Valorous and Kyle and Chris and Ember. We love you all. We love you hold a special place in our hearts. But I totally understand that like love hate relationship with a character. I adore the film gone girl like it's so well done it oh, is amazing movie. but i hate the freaking wife and that's more because <laughs> her, the actress i forget her name but she just plays her so well and it it just i love to hate her and hate to love her you know yeah it's like i even just talking about it gets me so worked up because her her character is such a bitch oh, and i know Rosamund. that's why she's written and how Rosamund but it's just Pike. like thank you I wasn't gonna. That wasn't the name. Uh, that she, she told this lady just plays bitches, and she does it like, well, and she it's does awesome. It so well, <laughs> and I'm sure she's the sweetest person in the world. It's just Dane. Her character Dane, in the Wheel of Time is actually one of like my favorite characters of all time. Uh, I haven't watched that program yet. I need it's on my list. The second uh, season is ass. Oh, the first okay, season's well. good. I'll watch the first season then. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, as a play, as like joining the team and everything, Nordum was top for me. There, it was just the like, the immediate like I know it's because out of character we know each other, knew each other a little bit and like Quinn wasn't gonna bring in some idiot, mm -hmm. but the Nordum just explicitly trusting talent to be know what he's doing to like be active and know what he's doing was mm -hmm. really nice and so as a as a player if it was it was definitely nordum that's all yeah i understand that he's a really good real good paladin even if he's in the doghouse every once in a while yeah with, <laughs> with yeah. but i do i do really like nordum too he's very trusting and sincere but yeah doesn't also sugarcoat things a whole lot either it's very straightforward and upfront about a lot which is nice yeah and i i as a person resonate with that because i i just i don't have the time for sugarcoating things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i have a harder time like making sure i'm not being mean and just like, cause they said, like, when people are like, "Oh, I'm not being mean. I'm being honest." No, you're still being mean. <laughs> Those two things aren't mutually exclusive. exclusive. You can be yeah. honest and still be an asshole. <laughs> so I try to not skirt that line, and I'm trying to be honest and mm -hmm. kind instead. So I, I I respect that about Nordum as well. 
Mm-hmm. So just with, um, you know, obviously with people playing characters that you may not always agree with and uh, just varying different uh, playing styles, how do you handle conflict and disagreement at the tables to make sure that everyone has a positive experience? positive experience do you find in that there's character, any yeah i will make sure that my character is very clear about their thought process mm-hmm. out of character 90 percent of the time i just don't give a shit so like if <laughs> that doesn't work for them i'll be like okay we can do it your way yeah it's it the conflict for me is pointless like i'd rather do your way and be correct and be like maybe we should have done it my way that sucks then get mad at you and like argue about whose way should be done when if we try your way and it doesn't work we can also try my way the next time so Mm -hmm. do you find it mostly with like just like game rules or like I've actually never had a conflict for game rules but like okay. plans, like say we're going when you're to do strategizing in yeah. game kind of thing, yeah. Or okay. like something, somebody dies, or or the plan just goes to shit, and people start like blaming each other. That happens, and I've just never really cared. I've just been like, well, yeah, I guess I could have pulled my weight more. I don't know. I could have <laughs> rolled better, but in my in like the defense of the people I play with everyone's very quick to just be like well the dice suck today that's unfortunate yeah there is one thing you can blame that's the dice (laughs) yeah it's very rare that we have an actual game related conflict Mm -hmm. i think that goes to show with like your play group right i know we sort of talked about it um well i shouldn't say sort of we did talk about it uh in our in my interview where like if you if you find a group and you're not clicking with them whether it's play styles or you know maybe they're too rules lawyery if that's not exactly your play style because there's a benefit they're like their rules are there for a reason obviously yeah they should act as a guide but i they aren't the hard set in stone rules right it's it's a fantasy world yeah i'm a rule of cool type of dm yeah I did so actually my the last game I ran not the last game but the last session I ran not for this but for my personal group my my best friend his character has a feature that I didn't like I didn't understand the wording of and so I I fucked him out of like a bunch of knowledge because I didn't understand what the feature meant yeah and so we kind of had a conflict there but I was like oh that's like that's my fault. Like, like, there's no conflict here. This is me fucking up. I apologize. Yeah. And so, I think that like, it's important to, in the moments you have conflict, make sure that like, you're clear that it's. Cause some people get defensive and immediately start feeling like they're being attacked, and you got to make sure you're clear that it has nothing to do with like them. This is yeah. the, the game specifically, or the rules specifically. You're. Or the rooting of the spell kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, like, you got to understand that, like, some people are rules lawyers that want everything to the rule, to the T. And there's some people who are rule of cool. And then there's people like me that are, like, kind of both, but also willing to be like, no, that's dumb. I'm not letting you use this spell that way. (laughs) That makes no sense. Like, sometimes a spell... When does that to me all the time? (laughs) Yeah, some spells are like you essentially just gain knowledge, and it's like, why? How? 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 How mm-hmm. would you know who to ask this knowledge? It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like credit to DMs who can be like, well, that's not exactly how the spell works, but why don't you and I like in this moment? How can we figure out a way that will kind of get you to where you want it won't get you exactly what you want but how can we get somewhere that works for the information you're seeking or for the the skill or the visual that you're trying to get to right because that's how you learn to get creative with your spells or your abilities right like if 
I, I get, I love rule of cool, but if there's a bit of a challenge for you to get there, I think that makes it that much more rewarding. Right. Yeah. And I, I definitely always think people should try to push the boundaries of what they can get, get away with, with rule of cool. <laughs> yeah. Push buttons. I, I th- if, if you're not, if you aren't pushing, you aren't trying hard enough, Yeah, but also have to have the like mindset of, if he doesn't it may not say work. yes, he's not, be- he's not being an asshole. It's just yeah. I'm pushing a boundary here. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. For conflict-wise, I kind of just – I'm not really a big conflict dude. i pretty chill. Mm-hmm. I will – like when, when I get to a conflict, I have a hard time like removing myself from the conflict. But I'm very good at avoiding them. <laughs> Cause I just like for things like this, I just don't care. Like, yeah, I'd way rather have fun than be upset about this. Hmm. That yeah, and that's really what this whole genre is about: is to have fun, right? So it is. And exactly. I, I there's uh, other groups where sometimes there's heated debates about what we should do. And usually I just at that point, because uh, I just check out <laughs> yeah. and, I'm, and it's like, okay, these, these convert conflicts are coming from like X, Y, and Z players. I'm just going to let them kind of hash it out. And I'm uh, okay with whatever we decide on kind of thing. Or if I feel like, like, Hey, or we can also try this. If my input is taken, then great. If not, Hey, I, attempted to make a peace talk and then you know and yeah. it's never gone to the fight or point where it's been fighting or like really severe conflict but there's de- definitely mm-hmm. sometimes where it's heated debates about how things should work and at that point the dm would be like okay here's the line kind of thing right so alex and i are the group we are in just finished a campaign on sunday and he kept like trying to his he had a plan for how we were gonna fight this bad guy and i was trying to like he wanted to launch rods of immovable rods at him and so he couldn't move type of thing and i was like but but that wouldn't work because you need to push the button yeah (laughs) if you're just anchoring him then where's the fun (laughs) Because like you, you have to push the button to activate the immovable rod. So if you launch it at oh, him, you're just shooting him button. with a yeah, yeah, metal yeah. wand. You're not hitting him with yeah. a spell. Like, and I was, and he wasn't understanding. That's what I was meaning. He thought I was just like shitting on his idea. And I was like, no, <laughs> it just it doesn't work that way. You need to activate it. Work. <laughs> and once I like. I explained myself well. He was like, oh, now I understand why you kept saying that. And I was like, yeah, I wasn't trying to be an asshole. I was just, <laughs> I don't understand how we can make this work. I'm with you with your silly plan, but I don't know how to make the silly plan work. <laughs> Do you have a preference for homebrew versus like campaign settings? Like a hardcover book kind uh, of idea? You know what I mean? I've never so... I've never completed one of the hardcover books. Mm-hmm. Alex runs a Storm King's Thunder book mm-hmm. that we very, very rarely play. I did Curse of Strahd. Like, I ran Curse of Strahd, and I had to skip a bunch of it because two of my players were dating, and then they had a falling out. So... I've never had a genuine completion on any of those. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the first campaign that like on Sunday that I've ever actually finished. So I would have to say I'm more of a homebrew person because uh, mm-hmm. I've felt what it feels like to get all the way through one of those. Mm-hmm. And there's just something more about someone else's like someone personal like head story that like completing that feels a little different than the idea of completing a book that's written for them kind of thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that has a predetermined setting or ending kind of thing right yeah it has like i'm sure it has like five endings that it will try to lead you towards type of thing Mm -hmm. 
is there an aspect of tabletop games that is your favorite? You you had mentioned that you and your roommate had picked up the player's handbook kind of thing when you guys had no internet as something to do. So what um what keeps on bringing you back to D like, and okay, tabletop? I like games? making characters. <laughs> I just enjoy that process and like seeing who they end up being. I really like doing that. I also don't give a sh I don't really care if they die. <laughs> which is kind of fucked up. But my favorite character I've ever played is actually a character in uh Werewolf. Um he kind of like went I didn't have any real backstory for him or anything. Like I had never played before. I just kind of winged it. Mm -hmm. And he ended up being like this super altruistic person that uh like he had a he had a friend that this like super high high ranking and powerful vampire lady who was essentially like bonkers strong wanted to kill and so they kind of, he and this friend went to the lady and he was like well how how can we settle this without you killing my friend type of thing. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I want a life for a life. And he went, okay, done. And gave her his life. Just like, didn't think mm -hmm. about it, just immediately did it. And I enjoyed playing someone who was just so ready to do anything for the people he cared about, mm -hmm. which, so I try to like bring that character into all my other characters since. And that's been really nice. So yeah, I would say my favorite part is just making characters and seeing who they get to be in any game system. Hmm. I I came across a a reel today where Lairin had released some of their stats, and I don't know if you've seen this yet. Um, and if I am misremembering the stat, people will tell me, and I'm sorry, and then please correct me. But I believe they had like with all the people who've uh, played and uh, went through Baldur's Gate 3, um, uh -huh. I think they said there was like between everyone that has played the game and replayed and replayed and replayed, there was like 8,000 years in character in just the character creation process. Yeah. It's crazy. And that's nuts. <laughs> like I like spending time on character creation. If I'm build playing or in a video game and I get to create a character, of course I'm going to make it custom. I, but I, I can't imagine spending that much time. <laughs> I haven't finished Baldur's Gate. Cause I keep going back to making a new character. <laughs> That's fine. You know what? I do that with, um, I, I have Just not played myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm the same way. Uh, I just, I don't have Baldur's Gate. I don't have a, um, a console that is new enough to play it or support it and my she's laptop... currently talking into a laptop from like the dawn of time it's not that old we just updated it too it's fine <laughs> it's not gertrude gertrude was much much older but yes this is a very old laptop with all things considered but it works just fine um i just to go back on my on my original tangent there <laughs> um i replay and remake characters before even finishing a game even though i've played through it multiple times for like dragon age inquisition and mass effect those are like my two favorite franchises that i play um and all of the dragon nice. age um trilogy i'm so I excited play. for the new one i'm so excited oh. <laughs> <laughs> be so nice um but i understand going like not completing a game and then just to go back and be build a new character i i get that because i do that all the I time too like, I, I also have this game called uh pathfinder wrath of the righteous i've mm -hmm. only played the first hour of that game and i have a hundred hours in it Jeez. just from going back and making a new character <laughs> It's like fun, I've played the first hour like a hundred times almost. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In COVID, my husband and I we downloaded. Uh, shit! What's this called? 
Divinity. Ah, uh, Divinity second. Original Sin. Yes, thank Two, you. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Good game. Um, oh, that is a game. Well, when we were playing it multiplayer together, we did not make it through the first forty-five minutes to an hour mark because we just couldn't figure out. <laughs> as like it's 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 simple in the turn like turn order combat but we couldn't figure out like just the mechanics of the game so much that we just kept on dying so eventually we just kind of gave up and then aj picked it up again and but as a single player and he's like i understand now i was able to actually (laughs) get through that first fucking city it's like oh that's so nice for you the first city is a pain in the ass yeah yeah i got there's too many side quests there's you know i like i'm a completionist i like very distracted yeah it was a lot (laughs) but very good game so in a different game like similar to what i normally play just in a way that i've never played that type before right so yeah (sighs) let's wrap up that tangent here (laughs) um (laughs) We're really good at this. <laughs> I digress. Uh, we digress so hard. I'm looking at my list of questions that I have prepared for you. I feel like this was going to be a short episode again, too. Um, one thing that I would like to ask, because I like to hear everyone's answers. Um, what is your favorite monster? Uh, my favorite, like D&D monster or monster I in general? both why not okay well i wouldn't say they're my favorite but they creep me out the most is the idea of like a skinwalker that fucks with my head (sighs) yes i don't like that at all Mm -mm. but like has the most impact on my brain so i would like that what i would think of right away Mm -hmm. um and then D D wise i've got i've got a soft spot for flumps oh but they're so fun <laughs> they're so fun Just floating flat pancakes <laughs> we had like i can't i think it was in this camp the campaign that just ended too and like someone summoned like a shit ton of them by accident like it was just like a wild magic type thing mm-hmm. oh no it was in our uh storm king thunder playthrough, and uh Somebody in our group hurt them, and it's like they can like speak to you or some shit uh, mm-hmm. in your head. Mm-hmm. Went and the little flump went. This is war, and disappeared. <laughs> and we're just waiting for an army of flumps to reappear. <laughs> so that could be interesting. Oh, uh, I but, encountered. Yeah, I, just, I think they're so funny. They're they're so fun. Um, I encountered them in my playthrough of Out of the Abyss, and they uh, the DM j- every so often because I don't know why we were trying to get some information from the flumps. We were trying to find one of the demon princes. I don't know, and like we had this like thirty conver- <sighs> like thirty minute conversation with this little herd of flumps, and every like. 10 15 minutes <laughs> our dm was like okay and now you know because you are draining energy from these flumps you guys take a d4 of psychic you know it was just like but these little voices were just like yeah i think this guy went this way and uh you know hmm you know we're hungry and you guys are very intelligent let's just take a snack let's just a little snack a little, delicious a, little snack. a little memory snack it's fine <laughs> so i i understand that Flumps are so fun. Um, yeah, just just something about them that's funny. <laughs> that is true. Do you think you would survive in a fantasy setting? You personally, Devin? Like, so, like, as myself? Yeah. If you were like, somehow magically transported to... dude <laughs> in a fantasy setting. Absolutely yep. not. <laughs> I would piss off some dude with magic in, like, 30 seconds. And I'd be gone. Yeah. I'd be like I I'd have the same questions I have for people now where I'm like, if that's if you can do that, then why aren't you doing that? Like <laughs> if if you can summon like if you can plant growth this entire field so that we're fed for years, why aren't you doing that? And he'd be like, 
Don't question me. Dead. <laughs> oh, I mean, I just, uh, there's, the sun is not in the right position and the stars do not align. I, I don't think I would last because I would ask too many questions. <laughs> do you? And also there'd be monsters too. Yeah. Yeah. Scary <laughs> monsters. Yep. 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 Do you prefer like Lord of the Rings uh, setting or um, which obviously you're a big fan of Witcher with like if you could be I in a big any. Fan of the Witcher. Yeah. You could be in any oh, God. Setting. If I could be in any setting as like a regular dude, I'd prefer the Lord of the Rings. The Witcher sounds like it'd be the worst place to be a regular dude. <laughs> I don't want to get attacked by the, a, a, a Stalinga. Fuck that. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to. Quentin, why did you ever create something like that? It's awful. I don't, I don't want the weird vampire people. I don't want to deal with a weird man that turns into a boar bear guy. No. Mm-hmm. I can deal with orcs and elves and dwarves. I can deal with that. I cannot <laughs> deal with this weird. I'll, I guess there are the... Uh, the, the Wraith Riders and whatnot, but I would rest, still rather deal with the... Uh... Uh, they just stick in Mordor. It's fine. Yeah, they, <laughs> they don't, don't want ever go me. Out. I don't have the ring. <laughs> I'm safe. Um, Devin, <laughs> if you could play a session with any celebrity or fictional character, who would it be and why? Does it have to be a celebrity or... Can I have like a really corny answer right now? You can have a whatever answer you like. Uh, I would pick my grandpa. Aw. He uh he passed away in March, so it'd be just cool to see him again. Mm. I would I would be pretty stoked about that. Mm. And I feel like that's an easy answer as to why as well. Uh, my grandpa is like my hero. Mm-hmm. Uh. He taught me what it means to like be a good man and it would be cool to play some D D with such a nice cool person. Guy. Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, if you don't mind me asking, what kind of uh character would he play, do you think? I think he'd be a paladin. Yeah. But not like he'd be like an oath of protection paladin. Hmm. I think that that's always been like what I see of him is this super protective and family oriented man that if he had like, if he could be a fantasy magic dude, he'd be definitely be smiting some bad guys. (laughs) That's awesome. That would be a lot of fun. I imagine. Yeah. He, like I said, he was, he was my hero, my cousin hero, my mom's hero. He was, he's just a good guy. He he was a vet. Mm -hmm. He was, worked with the UN when he was in the army. So. Wow. Yeah. That I would pick. He's not a celebrity or a fictional character, but. He's pretty cool. Uh, so He sounds like a cool guy. And you know what? That is a very perfect answer to that. I really, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. That's, that's lovely. Not nothing. How did it, how did it feel to play, uh, <laughs> Faye is a vampire and nearly <laughs> killed the mayor. Uh, well, you know, the mayor deserves to die. I oh, should say that. So badly. I was so excited <laughs> for you to kill him. Uh I I um I mean it was fun. I yeah, Kirsten Kirsten will I think uh, it'll take some getting I I don't think it'll take as much getting used to as I think it will. You know what I mean? Um, like as much, yeah. I see. I think I know. Like mean. to get into that mindset of, you know, as uh, Grinsalt says, what did he, what did he say in my letter? Hold on here. Let me pull up Quentin's uh-huh. message. Some uh, reference seats. Yep. If you want your familiar 
back. Don't be such a hack. Embrace your own <laughs> or die alone. Uh, oops, too soon. I, you know, my initial thought was obviously, yes, I need to embrace being a vampire for sure. I understand that. And then I had half a thought that, oh, well, maybe he's thinking like talking about Wynn because we haven't like, oh, yeah, you know, like, yeah, we've reconnected and are beginning to rekindle this sister's relationship. Right. But I like halfway through, I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's just more of like, you know, don't be so awkward around your sister anymore kind of thing. Right. And then get it together. Your yeah, sister. get it together. Your sister's alive and she's here and wants to be here kind of thing, right? So <laughs> so I yes, I it I am excited and it did feel good to bite the throat of Rendar Thelonius the <laughs> third because he always deserves oh, it. That guy <laughs> sucks. Um he has a special place in my heart and that is in the way back in the dungeon where you know <laughs> where i keep the hatred <laughs> where i keep the hatred yes exactly <laughs> i now knowing who i'm playing and what i'm playing not maybe not necessarily Faye, because you're not sure if she's gonna stick around but how do you how does kirsten and and in and sort of Faye feel about having such a young care person character right. that she party. essentially has to look out for. Yeah, right. Like he, um, he can't go and like drink here because they have a drinking <laughs> age or something. Mm. <laughs> That's a good question because, um, I I feel like, and maybe this will be different in season two. Um, when we actually go and play it, I feel like Ether's not going to present himself as Shadow Scorn right away, right? Yeah. Like she, she he, won't know that he's a Shadow Scorn. She'll know that he's a young little wee boy <laughs> that has obviously this skill set that you know sucks that at such a young age you have this skill set, but it is a handy skill set to have, right? So she, I yeah, I think she's going to be. Um, I don't know if I will say motherly, maybe sisterly towards him. Like, yeah, I'm excited I, to look. <laughs> I don't like, she won't want to smother you in protection because again, the skill set you have will, you've earned it somehow. So you have some experience in at least protection and fighting for yourself and others. Um, but <laughs> And I mean, she's not great in the social in interactions anyways, also. So hence why the mayor was like, oh, I can't believe that sentence is finally done. Chomp. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? That's so rude. <laughs> Which is funny because I seem to remember him flirting with Faye a little bit beforehand, you know, way back when we first met him. Yeah, so but then you, you shot him down, so. That's true. You know how you know how men in that position can be. <laughs> You're a female, you know. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so yeah, I think I think Faye is going to be like, I don't want to tell you what to do because obviously you can make your own choice. But maybe don't do that. Also, like whoa, 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 slow down. Let's think about this at the same time. I have this like friendly neighborhood Spider-Man kind of vibe I want for him. That's like mm -hmm. he jokes around, but he is ass. also still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I look forward to that. So we, we saw briefly the um, Nordum and ether dynamic. Unfortunately, Kyle was very sick for our holiday special. I think an ether and Valorous dynamic will also be very fun. Yeah. Uh, I Devin have already decided that he's he's a prankster. Oh please, yes. <laughs> and I'm excited to see who, like well, what are you like? Much like Kithlin, I can just wank into your fucking bedroom and take whatever I want. I don't make noise. <laughs> yep, 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 uh, yep. So like that's interesting, and I could see. Uh, 
Quinn and I have discussed that like we could see the ghost getting along with Ether because he's a little more like taken aback from the guild. He's not like this mm-hmm. established adventurer guy that's just mm-hmm. coming in type of thing. Uh, and I think that would be fun for him to like fuck with everyone with a ghost. <laughs> so. What do you I'm think excited. was the ghost lesson for Snark in our? <laughs> oh, sh- did you? Do you didn't see what I wrote in the? Oh, did I miss the it? chat? He's uh she's she was on the ghost of like Christmas past or some shit. Oh, that's funny. Yes. <laughs> I, I, like, I asked Quinn about it afterwards, and he was like, "Yeah, it was like it was supposed to be a reference to that type of thing." Gotcha. So she was like trying to teach. I don't know specifically what Snark did to deserve a ghost of Christmas past or Christmas future or whatever he she he did, but <laughs> that was hmm. like the joke. Is that? That's funny. I didn't. I didn't catch that. Yeah, maybe I did catch it in when you typed it, and I just forgot about it. But that's funny. Yeah, that ma- that's that so makes like, a lot of sense for yeah for snark. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, well, thank you so much, Devin, for joining me today on Lore Dump on Radio Latour Radio. That's what we're called. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. We're so excited to um, officially meet ether in season two um till then we'll see you when we pop out of the ether haha i did it